I'm Dan. And I'm Alice. Uh, and we're back on the creation story series, where I explain the creation stories of many different cultures and sort of compare them and just talk about them. This story is about the creation story from the ancient Greeks. So first, I'll do a quick review of the four elements that are very common in creation stories, just because it's been a while <laughs> since the last one came out. The first element is separation, so it's just separating different elements of the world, like the earth and the sea. Succession, things coming after one another, usually the passage of power from parent to child. Then there's the ascension of male over female. Patriarchy. Nope. And then there's like dragon slaying or the defeat of a great evil sort of thing. So in the beginning, there was chaos, a sort of watery void that's considered the primordial of primordials. The primordial of soup theory. Mm -hmm. Out of this formed five children. Tartarus, the void that lies underneath the world. Gaia, the earth. Eros, who is like less of a god and more of like a force of love and or lust. Which is where you get erotic from. Yeah. And this is different from Aphrodite's son, Eros, who you may be more familiar with from his Roman name, which is Cupid. Gotta love that Valentine's Day association. Mm -hmm. I'd like to add that I'm not totally clear if they're, if people considered them both a thing. Probably depended on the Greek province, let's be honest here. Yeah, this is not the only creation story. This is just one that kind of covers a lot of things. Greek so mythos is not necessarily as unified as people believe. Yeah, I mean, ancient Greece was not like a country. It was a lot of different little kingdoms. It's like the United States, only slightly more hectic. The other two children are Erebus, the darkness, and Nyx, the night. You know emo kids of the family. Well, I mean, we can't forget about Tartarus, but... Well, yeah, but like... Mostly emo family. I'm here for this. From these children came like, several other gods. Erebus and Nyx sired Aether and Day. Gaia, through Parthenogenesis, also known as asexual reproduction, she had three kids. Uranus, who's the sky. Pontus, who's the sea. And the mountains, of whom I honestly don't know the name of. I don't know if there was a specific name or if they were just called the mountains. <laughs> but they exist. Yes. This already shows pretty good aspect of, like, separation. Now, just because the gods don't really have a concept of incest, then Gaia and Uranus, who is her son, get together in what classists call a sacred marriage, or like a partnership between the earth and sky that does show up in like many mythologies, as you may find out. So they have three sets of children. The Cyclops, or if you want to be pretentious, you can pronounce it as the Cyclopes. I'm sorry, who doesn't pronounce it as Cyclopes? <laughs> Other than everyone except for me. <laughs> and my mythology teacher. Then there were the Twelve Titans, whom you are probably familiar with. And then there's the Hundred Handers, who would be called the Hecaton Kyries, if that was easier to spell and say for the modern English speaker. So they had hundreds of arms and 50 heads each. Many. Wonder um, where they got their name. Uh, wow. Hmm. I have no idea. Well, as such, they were, like, hideous. But, um, but, I mean, I thought that in some religions, having multiple body parts is, like, absolutely beautiful. I think it depends on how many. So Uranus hates them. He's like, they're hideous, I hate them, disgusting. What beauty standards. <laughs> uh-huh. Depending on the story, he either throws them in Tartarus or he forces them back into the earth. 
which would essentially make Gaia perpetually pregnant, which is kind of shitty. <laughs> Gaia felt very oppressed by Uranus, which is understandable. And it's also kind of wild because he's in like some ways her kid. I mean, have you seen some of the kids who rule their households? I guess. Anyway, she made plans for her son to overthrow him. So Kronos, Titan of Time, and the youngest of the Twelve was like, hells yeah, I'm down for murder. And he would be down for so much more later on. Yeah. So in some stories, he cuts Uranus to pieces. In some other ones, he just castrates him. Kronos becomes like the leader of the world. He ends up marrying Re, one of the other titans, because incest is rampant. I mean, who else are you gonna marry your aunts? I don't know. <laughs> Uranus married his mom. <laughs> I mean, like, see, it could have been worse. He could have just married his grandmother. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> he ends up learning of a prophecy that his kid will overthrow him. So Kronos is like, all right. Brilliant idea. Pro-gamer move, guys. Yeah. What if I just straight up eat my kids? Child soup sounds delicious. And Re is understandably not very happy with this. Hmm, gee, like the children that you birthed being eaten? I wonder why anyone would have a problem with uh, that. Yeah, truly a mystery, huh? So she ends up giving him a rock instead of her sixth and final child, Zeus. And I should mention here, he actually bought it and just swallowed the entire freaking rock. Yeah, Mans just was walking around with a rock in his stomach and he didn't even notice. He's like, oh, must have put on a few pounds, must be that baby weight. Anyway, so Zeus, like, grows up and he ends up giving Kronos some sort of, like, concoction, mustard and meat or something very wild. He makes his dad throw up the rest of his siblings and then stages a war with his siblings on his side and all kinds of other monsters as well as some titans who were also on team. We hate Kronos. Wasn't a hard team to pick. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not gonna say they're all like the most different. Like they treat it as it's like super different but sometimes I'm like are you sure? Yeah, no. Was Zeus really One time, an upgrade from Kronos in some ways? The man was just... Zeus eats one of his consorts. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. When they win, then Zeus ends up becoming like king of the gods, sky god, yada yada yada. Lots of titles, kind of boring. This series of events really does show succession very well because it's passed down from generation to generation. And as a side note, I did notice that it was the youngest sons who take the throne in each generation, which I find really interesting because usually in succession for the throne, it's usually the eldest child who Mm -hmm. gets first pick. Or, you know, eldest male, (laughs) usually. Well, yeah. Obviously, these two overthrew their fathers rather than, you know... Actually having it passed down to them. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was kind of interesting just to think about. So you can also, like, really well see the ascension of male over female. Because, like, chaos is not anthropomorphized. It's not really given a human form or, like, a consciousness or anything. Chaos is just existing. Yeah. So Gaia seems to be the one in control at the beginning, and then she soon gets eclipsed by her son, and then grandson, 
And then there's also some element of dragon slaying in the gods defeating Kronos and cutting him up into pieces. There's also another story that I didn't really tell because it's kind of weird in the series of events. I'm not totally clear on like timelines for this. Gaia, who was not happy about the gods usurping the titans, made a monster Typhus out of her anger. He's essentially like a giant dragon. There are lots of different descriptions, but he's generally serpentine, and at least once is described with wings, and because dragons slap, I'm just gonna picture him as a dragon. By defeating this, then Zeus and the gods defend their throne and win. So that's why it's exactly called dragon slaying. Yeah. You might also be able to tell the difference in time. Geography means that stories differ. And I also didn't exactly explain the creation of humans in this because there are too many stories about it and can get kind of confusing. And it's also like there are so many elements in the creation story. This is kind of like the bare bones of it, but there's like... This is how the earth was created, really. Yeah, and that's this is how the gods got control, but then this is the barest essentials. There are lots of differences in the times of the story when humans were said to have been created. Some of them were like in the time of the Titans, some of them later. <laughs> Generally, people considered that humans were fashioned from mud. Prometheus, who was a Titan that sided with the gods, is usually considered the one who created the humans. I mean, we stand the Chad who stole fire for us and then spent the rest of his life being eaten alive by an eagle, so... It wasn't the rest of his life. He was saved by Heracles. But it was still a long time. Getting killed every single day has to leave a little bit of trauma with you, even for a god. Yeah, not ideal. Anyway, in the next episode, we'll be talking about the Enuma Elish from Babylon, which is their creation story. Thank you for listening, everyone. And see you next time.